These are the Keishi Tapes. You, Man, and Favaz explore the backstories and interviews heard on Keishi, the longest-running rock station in the country. Welcome to the Keishi Tapes podcast. I'm John Euler, along with... Favaz. Hi, John. Hi. And today we're going to do an interview that actually both of us were a part of, but we're only going to hear, I think, the part of the interview that, that I did. With, oh, fine, sure. <laughs> we can do yours in part two no, if we find it. Yeah. Uh, with the legendary former lead singer of Jefferson Airplane, Jefferson Starship, Grace Slick. Unreal. That we had her in the studio. And I remember that day very well. You had her on the air. Um, and then I did uh, some video stuff afterwards. And it was just super, super cool. And she, she couldn't have been any nicer. No. Huh? And she, yes. And she, she's a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. And has been for a long time. Yep. She also has had many issues in her life regarding alcohol abuse, probably some drug abuse in there as well. Mm-hmm. She's a very outspoken woman. Yep. And uh, she's gotten into a lot of trouble over the years because of some of her behaviors. And at the same time, she was a groundbreaker for women in rock and roll. And and her name isn't often mentioned with the likes of yeah. Ann Wilson and Janis Joplin. People always tend to forget Grace Slick. Yeah, I don't, and I don't know why. And I'll never forget her saying on uh, Jefferson Airplane or Starships uh, behind the music on VH1 that if you're over 50 years old and you're still playing music, you look like a fool on stage. Mm-hmm. I remember her saying that, and I just like, you know, most of them do. They look kind of dorky, you know? Yeah. Rolling Stones would go against that, of course. But, uh, you know, it's just kind of funny that she said that. Well, I think it depends on the subject matter and the style of of rock music you're talking about. If it's, you know, just uh, socially unimportant music, you know, like you're singing about, uh, you know, you're 75 years old and you're singing about... Getting girls and stuff right, like that, right. like like Lover Boy, for instance, like Motley Crue. Yeah, like Motley Crue. <laughs> you know, yeah, I think you can look foolish, but if you're someone yeah. like uh, Jackson Brown or, or Sammy Hagar, Sammy Hagar, was, uh, yeah, although he gets gets a he can, he's got some he meaningful songs, so yeah, he's got but some he's, meaningful yeah, songs. Yeah, yeah. It just depends on the subject matter, I think. Yeah. But anyway, uh, also about this interview, it took place in the studios there down at Union Station, mm-hmm. but what you're hearing is not what was recorded off the air. Mm-hmm. It was actually recorded, I guess, by the video cameras that were rolling. Yeah, and she was mic'd up, so she, yes. so, so she, you can hear her playing. Say, you're slightly in the background because you were not mic'd up, but you were talking into the microphone uh, on the on air microphone for on air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of confusing, and she was mic'd up because. You were going to do an interview with her on video camera. Right, exactly. So, That's why. So actually, I've kind of got lucky that my portion of this got recorded yeah. through your thing, so I don't think we have the on-air yeah, recording. Yeah, I, I think it's good. So here we go. Let's start the interview, and I'm talking about something about happening on Channel 2. So. A little while ago on Channel 2, there's nothing you, you won't talk about, is there? No. Yeah, I, yeah, you... I, I remember what it was now. She, was, she said some things on Channel 2 that I thought were, were very... Um, uh, kind of uh, risque, revealing of other people mm. that that she has had been involved in the music business with, and so that's when I said I saw you on Channel Two, and there's nothing you won't talk about. Right, that's when she answered. Back, you I'll bring be- it up, I'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that. Uh, well, I mean, we will get into some things. Hopefully, if you have time, some okay. may, may have been controversial in the past or whatever. I, I get the impression, though, that ever since you were a little child, you were a, you were a, a, a rebel of sorts. Is that the case? And, and and rock and roll just ended up giving you that that avenue to release. Not really. Um, no. My daughter did the same thing. Oddly enough, too, she's a real easy child, to take care of, real normal. So was I. My mother used to call me Grouser. 
uh, but she was being funny because I didn't complain. Grouse, to grouse about something means to complain. Mm -hmm. And she called me grouser because I never complained. But I didn't get turn into a lunatic until I was in my 20s. <laughs> there you go. And boy, did she turn into a lunatic. Yes, I mean, she was. I don't know if it comes up in the interview here, but some of the things she did, she, she, she got um, blind drunk in Germany before a show there, mm-hmm. and they had to cancel the show. They do it again the next night. She's drunk again the next night, and she starts hassling the Germans for losing World War II. Oops. Yeah, that didn't go over very well. Uh, <laughs> there's some other things, too. <laughs> what brought that on? Uh, probably um, looking at and reading about uh, both history and the present condition of the world and or local, meaning this country. Oh. And then you start getting nuts about how poorly uh, things are run, and then you just—I just stayed nuts. But, but that happened when <laughs> she stayed nuts for a long time. Yes, and she's an artist, by the way. Now, and her art is not bad. Oh, yeah. You were uh, what do you call it? A visual artist. Yeah, yeah. In your twenties. In my twenty, early twenties. In your early twenties, and, and you were in rock and roll earlier than that, though, right? No. Huh? Uh, so, so. No, I was uh, actually one of the older ones. I think Ginger Baker and. Uh, there's about four of us that are still alive that are uh, a little bit older than most of them. I'm 68 years old. Wow, so 68. Wow. This. She's 82 now, I think, if you can double-check that. I think uh, she's I'll 82. I'll have to look, John. 68. One moment. 78. Maybe it was 78. So that was 14 years ago. Oh, my gosh, 14 <clears> years ago. She is currently 82 years old. 82, that's what I thought. Wow. So, so this was 14 years ago, so that was what, 22 12. Yeah. This was 2007? 8? 7 or 8? 14, 14 years ago? Yeah, 14 years ago. Yeah, two, yeah. Th- 2007. And most of the guys in the bands are in their early 60s, That I, the bands that I was with. So uh, I was always older than, than most of them. Now here at Casey, you know, we have listeners who've been with us for 40 years. and, and are very That's way too material. long. Well, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we've been able to survive like you. And, and then, you know, we have younger listeners. So for those who are on the younger end of the spectrum right now, who may not be totally familiar with maybe the early story of your career, Fill, fill, fill that man a little bit, if you will. How, how did you end up getting together with the guys in Jefferson Airplane? Well, it's pretty much, um, I was working, and now it's hard to tell when you look at me now, but um, like I said, I'm 68. I was working as a model at iMagnons. In- yes, she was beautiful. She was a model. She was a gorgeous young lady, no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. San Francisco. Oh, I believe that, sure. And, uh, and we went to see uh, a group called Jefferson Airplane playing at a local small club called The Matrix. And my mother was a singer for a while when she was younger. So I looked at that and I thought, okay, they make more money in one night than I make all week. Uh, And neither one of us were making that great, but it was better. And they only have to work two hours a night, and they get to drink and smoke and hang out and flirt and do all that stuff. (laughs) I thought that's way better than modeling because I'd have to be on my feet all day, changing my clothes every five minutes with a lot of old rich ladies coming up and feeling whatever it was I was wearing. And it's just weird modeling. So I thought I'd I'd much rather do that. Um, So my husband at the time, Jerry Slick, and his brother, Darby Slick, and I and a couple of other guys formed a group called the Great Society. We were making fun of, uh, of uh, Lyndon Johnson's remark. Mm-hmm. So we would open for Jefferson Airplane around locally. Uh, and when their singer, Signe Anderson, 
uh, left the band. She wanted to go up and to move to Oregon and have a baby and live the hippie life. And uh, oddly enough, she's also a dark-haired Norwegian with a low voice. So airplane keeps going for that <laughs> for yeah, some reason. Yeah. So they asked me to join the band. I said, yeah, you betcha. Now, uh, a lot of guys get into rock and roll get into rock and roll for the chicks. Did you get into rock and roll for the guys? Kind of, yeah, because yeah. musicians are, are very funny. And if you're bright and funny, I'm, I don't care if you're crazy, I don't care what else is going on. Bright and funny and I'm there. Uh, so, yeah, I guess a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but uh, largely with Airplane, it was the bass player, Jack Cassidy's, the way he played bass just knocked me out. It's a combination of his playing, because he used to be a lead guitar player, so he played lead lines in time, because a bass player is part of the rhythm section, but he also was um, messing around with the electronics, which were new, so he would sustain notes Instead of going doom, 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 which all bass players do, he'd go doom, 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 and it would, the note would sustain one to the next one. And uh, only it's, that was very soft and his was really loud. <laughs> and I liked it. So, uh, it was Jack, but I also liked, I liked the, band, the rest of the band too. She actually ended up being uh, uh, Involved with Paul Cantner and had a baby yeah. with him. Yeah. yeah, and but the fact that she just knows mu musical instruments that much, and she knows she knew back then what sustain mm -hmm. and everything was. It, I mean, mm -hmm. it says a lot about her musical genius, if you will. Yeah, musically, uh, musically, but there, there are stories. And, phys and physically, yeah. 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 The only one I didn't um, do uh, <laughs> was Marty Ballon, and it's you didn't like it. It, well, no, I liked him fine. Know. I mean, if he'd been interested, I, <laughs> I said you didn't like him. <laughs> <laughs> I liked him fine. I would have said sure. Oh. But uh, I, I would have said sure. <laughs> generally wait to get the hit from a man because they like the chase, right? Men kind of like the chase a little bit. Mm -hmm. And Marty never came on to me, so I guess he didn't like me. I don't know. Mm. Well, yeah. I mean, well, they were competitive. I mean, they both were lead singers. Right. You know, Probably that's why. But, yeah. but God love her, man. She knows that men are about the chase. She knew it. Yeah. Uh, she, love she, that. She, she went right into it. She yeah. fested the, the win head on. Yeah. And said, all right, yeah, she well, put I'll it take out care there. of this. She put it yeah. out there yeah. and dangled it around. and Yeah. Mm. It's, she, she was, uh, she was, as you can tell, she's a very strong woman. Yeah. I mean, you guys, uh, you would do a lot of singing. He would do a lot of singing in the band. That worked out fine. Uh, yeah, sort of, and not so much. Both, because um, when it came down to it, we would perform the way we we're supposed to do. But I don't think either Marty Ballon with Airplane or Mickey Thomas with Starship wanted to be a duet arrangement. I think they wanted to just be solo. So it's a little hard on them because they didn't like the idea. But they were both civil about yeah. it. And uh, then when we went out uh, Jefferson Airplane in 1989, it was different. I had a great time with Marty because the older you get, the less you're, you've got this massive ego thing about how marvelous you, you are and everybody else is a jerk. You just play together because why not? You know, let's go out and do some airplane stuff for a while. Okay, yeah, let's, you know. It's well, she was talking yeah. earlier about the men that she did in the band. I don't know if she says that in this interview, but uh, she does unveil somewhere, maybe in this interview or maybe it was some other conversation we had with her, uh, she does unveil who she did do 
That it's was in this a interview. huge name. Is it's it in a, this yeah, interview? Yeah. Oh, okay. Either mine or yours. Oh, okay. All right, yeah. we'll see. A little easier going. And plus, you've been playing for 30 years, so you get a lot better. So I had a great time on that tour. We're speaking with Grace Slick. Uh, now, Grace, you, you uh, have accomplished a lot in, in the world of rock and roll, obviously. Looking back on it, I mean, you must be extremely proud. What Are, are you more proud of the Starship days or the airplane days? Oh, airplane, airplane by far. Starship... More formative? Yeah, Starship has a lot of really silly songs, but uh, we're talking about the 80s. Yeah, and she wrote one of the yeah. biggest of them all. I think we, we built, built a city. city. Yeah, 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 yeah. With Starship, and that was, uh, the 80s were dorky in a lot of uh, regions. Uh, the president was a dork, and the, and the clothing was dorky, <laughs> and, you know, it was just kind of dumb. So, um, and we didn't write the songs. I prefer um, the band actually writing the songs. And with Airplane, um, Marty wrote, Paul wrote, I wrote, and uh, uh, let's Paul wrote, and Yorma. So Yorma do a bluesy kind of thing. Marty did the love songs. Paul do let's all go out of outer space and be hippies. And I do dark sarcasm. So you got a, a kind of a range. It was like a buffet. Yeah. White Rabbit, dark, dark sarcasm. Dark sarcasm, perfect. Yeah, yeah she wrote that. Yeah. You know, uh, and I like that a lot. An example of the dark sarcasm might be White Rabbit. Can you tell us a story about writing that song? Yeah, well, White Rabbit. Well, hold, ho, ho, time ho, time out. Time so out. that is supposed to be the first song ever played on Casey. You say it's not, but Johnny Rabbit, and it makes sense with White Rabbit, when, he, when I had him on the air with me the day that we launched uh, the Real Rock Museum, he said that was the first song. Well. I think you answered your own question there when you said his name was Johnny Rabbit and he says the first name was White <laughs> Rabbit. But no, I don't think anybody really knows what the first song was. Uh, and I think in order to come up with something to answer the question that our management people were getting all the time and we would get occasionally, what was the first song Casey ever played? I think somebody just decided to sit down with Johnny Rabbit when we were doing some sort of uh, reminiscing for maybe a 40th anniversary or 30th anniversary or something like that and said, let's just say it was White Rabbit. That's how I kind of oh, remember oh. that evolving. I could be wrong, but that's how I remember it. All right. Fine. But isn't it funny how yeah. the interview is going along, and my brain is going along in the same way now as yeah. it did back then because yeah. I asked her about yeah. you know, the same mm -hmm. question. Mm -hmm. You know, you do that. Have you noticed that in some yes. of the interviews we've yes. done, too? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Is a little dark. Um, it's also... She's talking about White Rabbit. The well, the ones, let's see, uh, Alice in Wonderland, which my parents, it was really written at the parents because they read all these fairy stories to us and they would ask us, why do you take these drugs and blah, blah, blah. Okay, you read a story to me about a little girl, 12 years old, who takes five different drugs and it isn't even danced around. She literally takes drugs and literally gets high and has to take another one to come back down, has a bite off the mushroom that the caterpillar is sitting on, and the caterpillar is smoking a hookah. I mean, please. You know, so it was written at them like, were you not listening to what you were reading to me? 
Peter Pan, you sprinkle a little white dust on your head and suddenly you can fly. Uh, Wizard of Oz, you go fall down in a field of poppies and wake up and there's this beautiful Emerald City. Were you listening to what you were reading? So what we got... Brilliant. Isn't she, it she's brilliant. brilliant. Yeah. You can hear Rick Bayless laughing in the yes, background yes. too. Mm -hmm. Rick Bayless, good, 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 good old Rick or at least I did, was that, oh, you do take some kind of a chemical and you have this wonderful adventure. And that's true. And I'm not saying that drugs are marvelous all the time, because you can have trouble with it. And I have, but I had trouble with the, the old-fashioned one, liquor. I didn't have trouble with acid or any of that kind of stuff. So uh, you can get in trouble, because I've done it. But it also, I wouldn't change anything either. Oh, another thing she did when she was drunk, I remember now. She was on a, on a TV game show. And she was kicked off the game show because she was berating the other contestants. She was <laughs> she drunk. She was probably drunk. She was drunk. You know, the other thing uh, she said about Paul Cantner, they would be in meetings with record reps, and and, and, Paul, and Cantner would openly do coke. Yeah. Okay? Mm -hmm. And she also said, in that, in that same thing about uh, if you're over 50, you know, you look foolish. She said, I don't know of anybody's life that got better after they started doing cocaine. Mm -hmm. And that was another thing that yeah. really stuck with me. Yeah. You know? Yeah, interesting. Uh, particularly acid, because it's a, a very strange uh, chemical way of seeing other people's point of view, seeing your own point of view change, seeing that things can be uh, other than what you thought they were. And it's always good to get new information like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, you know, you wrote one of the great songs in rock and roll history. And that, is that a badge you wear proudly? I'm sure it probably is. What, this Barack Obama t-shirt? Yeah, it's a, it's a badge that I wear proudly, yeah. That's right. Did she have, I think she had I don't that remember. On. Yeah, I think she did have that on. No, she was critical of uh, Johnson earlier. I think she yeah. kind of was referring to Reagan in the 80s, mm -hmm. right? And uh, so we're getting right. a little picture of her, of her political views, I guess. Now she's wearing an Obama t-shirt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, but I mean, you, 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 you think about that often in terms of when you, when you reflect on your life. You think, wow, I, I just wrote one of the... Uh, greatest songs in the history of an art form. No, because when I wrote it, um, what we were doing is writing songs that we thought were going to be largely local. We were kind of entertaining each other, the bands. So you didn't really have a, a grasp of what really uh -uh. had had no yeah. idea until um, Time Magazine wrote an article on us, free publicity, um, about all these strange hippies in San Francisco and blah, blah. All of a sudden, the record companies are going bats because what they see is money coming in. In other words, all these kids are showing up uh, to see these various bands, Janice and, and uh, Grateful Dead and Airplane and whatever. So they wanted to sign us up. And um, fortunately, they didn't tell us what to do because they had no idea what we were doing in the first place. What they were used to was uh, Doris Day and, and uh, Frank Sinatra and Dinah Shore. And these people got up and wore suits and, and nylons and sang songs about love and everything. And we were singing, one pill makes you larger. What the hell? It's a, <laughs> it's a Spanish march, you know, with drug songs with Alice in Wonderland. And they have no clue what we're doing. So they just let us go in the studio, which is fabulous. And um, I don't, we never, RCA never gave us trouble with the lyrics, except once. Paul wrote a song about Jesus having uh, relations with Mary Magdalene. And the Whoops. Do you know that song? No, I don't. Okay. President of RCA at that time was Catholic.
Oh. So there, we have hours and hours of tape of him, Paul, arguing with the president of RCA about the lines in that song. But I think in the end, they actually let it go. So we never got mm. censored. Well, I don't know what song that is. Wow. I have yeah. to check. I have to look that mm. up. You know, another thing that just, just struck me about her career, not many other bands out there ever really invited her to, to join them to sing along. Now, yeah. I know she does sing on a Hart song when, when Hart made that uh, comeback in the 80s. I don't know yes. if it's, I think it might be the song, What About Me? She's what About singing. Love? What About Love? I think she mm. might be singing on that song. One of those songs, if you if you look up uh, real fast here. The, I'm looking up the song about Jesus and Mary Magdalene. Oh, okay. All right. Hold All right. on. Let's roll. What ended up being the strangest bill you were on for a live show? I think Midge the Bumblebee uh, <laughs> opened for us, and he actually wore a Bumblebee outfit uh -huh. and, and sang, played the guitar and sang. And, of course, we after we thought it was funny, but then we had to yell at our manager and say, we don't have that kind of opening act, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it, uh, there are a lot of things that make but things... Did you guys open for, like, Mel Torme or something? No, because we didn't open for anybody. Um, by the time... Never? No, by the time uh, the, the uh, record companies came to San Francisco, Basically, Janice and Airplane and Grateful Dead uh, and Country Joe, we were headliners. So they just kept us as headliners. And so we didn't, really didn't pay a lot of dues, the way they talk about musicians working forever and finally somebody discovers you. But with rock and roll, you have to be young anyway. You can't keep doing it. To, like You don't ever get discovered at age 50 for rock and roll. Ever, <laughs> ever, ever. There she goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't, I can't find that song about Jesus. I really, really would have to search about oh. Jesus and Mary Magdalene. Yeah. But, uh, but, but there she is saying about yeah. the number 50. What about that Heart song, though? Uh, yeah, look up okay. uh, the, the Heart album. It was just called Heart. Remember when they came back in the 80s? Yes. And uh, it had a bunch of hits off that album, a bunch of well-known songs. One of them features Grace Slick. But she she really d does not to contribute to a lot of other people's music over the years, and and you'd think she would have been like in demand for people to say, "Wow, this lady's a living legend. Let's have let's have her come and you know sing with us." And didn't mm. happen very much. Wait, okay. Uh, what about love? It is. Oh, it is. What about love? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So next time you listen to that song, listen for Grace Slick singing there in the background. because old people look dorky doing either rap <laughs> or rock and roll. They just She's do. That's right. And God love them if the bands want to show up. And the audience wants to show up. Sure, go ahead and do, if that makes you feel great, makes me. I felt dorky doing it when I was in my forties, let alone now. <laughs> you know, so people say, "Don't you do that anymore?" I say, "You kidding? Look at me. I'm an old lady. Good God, leave me alone." But <laughs> <laughs> well, you can do it without dancing around, though, can't you? Well, I never did dance around because I'm a klutz. <laughs> last, last time I was here, I fell off a curb onto the street, and my you agent had. Yeah, it was a year, a year ago, and I had yeah. fell down, and they had to pick me up. I mean, I can't even walk around on the ground wow. just with no drugs without fun. <laughs> you know, so I didn't, I didn't do a whole lot of dancing even when I was younger. Yeah. Well, let's play uh, White Rabbit and give you a chance, because you just ran in here right into the studio, and we started talking. We did. Give you a chance to get something to drink or whatever, and we'll come back after the song's over. Okay. Cool. All right. Here is, of course, Grace Lake with Jefferson Airplane and White Rabbit on KC95. The drug bunny. No, that's it right there. So there's more somewhere. So I found it. Found oh the song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can you stop it? Stop what? Wall. If you want 
the other the other part. Oh, oh, the other part. Oh, let's, yeah. It's, well, it's, I've got to get a, I've got to get behind. Well, this controls. is a great time to tease, man. Okay, have people come right, back and well, listen next week. Okay. Uh, I found, I did find the other part. Um, thanks to Jim Modulin, by the way. He was the one that did all of the video interviews. Well, he he would be the director and things, and he would shoot it. I, I would, uh, you know, do the interviews and, and stuff like that for video. And he sent this uh, along to us, and I just want to thank him for that. So, yes. Yeah. So part two is the continuation of this interview. I and- hope it is, yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. Check us out again (laughs) next week. I'm John Hewlett. You can follow me on Twitter at STLUman and on Instagram. I'm Johnny Hewlett. Favaz here, AMF. And again, that was our interview, uh, uh, interview with Grace Slick of Jefferson Airplane, Jefferson Starship. And part two, hopefully, is next week. The KC Tapes with you, man, and Favaz. For more on the history of KC, go to KC95.com or the KC mobile app.